I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to start off by asking you a question. Why did God make man? Barbara said fellowship. Yeah. Yeah, to glorify him. I want you to think about this for a minute. E.W. Kenyon brings this out in his book. Why are there stars? Why are there planets? All of the stars and all of the planets minister to one place called the solar system. The reason for the solar system is earth. The reason for the earth is man. Everything God did, he did it for one reason, you. He made man to walk with him. That is why you're on the planet. If you do not walk with God, you're not happy because you're not in your spot. Now, a lot of that has to do with what you think about God, but God is good. God is a good God. And people say, well, I don't know, understand why he allows stuff. He isn't. We are. We allow. So let's think about this for a minute because God created Adam and placed him in the garden. And the Bible says that he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Now, that's a little blind because the literal Hebrew is he walked with man in the wind. In other words, he did not come down in the morning and come back in the afternoon and leave when it got hot. God's going to get a little hot down here. I'm going to leave, Adam. You go ahead and sweat it out. That's not what happened. It says he walked with Adam in the wind. In other words, as long as the wind, everywhere the wind was, God was. Now, Adam didn't walk with God physically. Like, clunk, clunk, he's standing there beside him. That didn't happen. Just like we do. You know, there are times when I get so close to God, I can hear him thinking. He's not even talking, I hear him thinking. And, and the greatest day of my life was to find out that God wanted to walk with me. And so, so that's why you were made. Now, out of that, God wanted a family. How did he pull that one off? Well, if you've read your Bible, it says that God took, like Josh Brown just said, that he took a rib, but he didn't. Josh's theology is way off. Matter of fact, Josh Brown preached yesterday in the Band of Brothers. That's probably one of the best sermons. He, 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 he did a fabulous job. And he talked about his growing up in a family where his mom and dad did not live for God, and he made a decision he was going to. Did you know your parents don't have to live for God for you to? It was quite impressive. But anyway, contrary to Josh's, the man was having a rib problem. Anyway, God did not take a rib out of. It says he took a side of Adam. But the, when they were writing the book of Hebrews, they went aside. And they just wrote a rib. But he took what side? He took the feminine side out of Adam. Adam was made in the image of God. Masculine and feminine. God is both masculine and feminine. You say, well, can we call him she? Yeah, long as you don't worry about him having words with you over that. Anyway, 
But God has a feminine side to him. And when he made Adam, he made him masculine and feminine. And then he split him to 50% male and 50% female. And out of that union, when a man and a woman come back together, they can create a family and make babies like God. God made Adam, and now we can make people. Now, there's a teaching out right now on the angels having sex with men and creating a race. Well, that's hooey. Demons do not have semen. Never have, never will. If they did, they do. If they could have sex with you, they'd have sex now. But just don't, don't buy in all the, the, the morons on the Internet. So what is, then who are the sons of God? Was Adam a son of God? Sure he was. God made him in his image. So Adam is a son of God. Jesus is a son of God. So all men were called sons of God. Why do you think the Pharisees got mad at Jesus? You can make yourself to be a son. Jesus said, why does that bother you? I told you, you're gods. Well, it's quiet in this church. So God made Adam a son of God, and then why is a woman not called a daughter of God? Because she came out a man. So she's called, she's called a woman or, or a, she came from man, womb, man, from man. So, so all of that was because God designed Adam so he could walk with man and man could walk with God. Now, the, the moment you step away from that is why there's problems. You know, in the garden, if you, you've probably never noticed this before, but the devil approached Eve. What Adam should have done was moved her over and said, if you want to talk to someone, you will talk to me. But he's the first man that yielded to a, to a woman, got himself in a heap of trouble. God made man the head of the home, whether you like it or not. He's domestically the head. And he should have taken his place because he told Adam, guard the garden and tell Eve to guard the garden. Adam is the one that failed in his job, not Eve. She, she failed because the man did not take his place. Well, men today should take their place and become men of God again. I don't know about you, but I'm really tired of all the women being the prayer warriors in a church. I think some men ought to come in and start learning how to pray, walk with God. My family comes to church because I do. I didn't ask Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, God makes Adam in his own image, and, and he made him to walk with God. There's another scripture that says Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. That's a type of the church. When Jesus returns, he's coming back for a church walking with him. Not a loosey-goosey, half-baked bunch of folks. He's coming back for people that are walking with God. Okay, there's another one in, in the Bible that um, the prodigal son, we hear the story of the prodigal. He came back to his father. All right, John 14, 1. Let me, let me read this because I'm preaching way ahead of myself. John 14, 1. 
Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I want you to mark something here because the Greek is very, very different than your English. It says, in my Father's presence are many dwelling places. I'm going to go make a place for you. Where? In God. What did Adam lose? He lost his place with God. So what did Jesus come to get you back? That walk that you had with God. So here's what it says in the Greek. In my Father's house or presence are many dwelling places. Now, I'm not here to tell you that with me. Let's read it right. He's not talking about returning to take you to heaven. Now, let's, let's just get over this one real quick. This is tough on people. How long are you going to be in heaven? No, you're not. You're going to be there until, until we return. Then you're going to be where for a thousand years? Here. Then where are you going to be? Here. Now, don't get mad at me. This is why I have to get up here and debunk this mess because we've been preached a gospel of come to Jesus and go to heaven. That is not the gospel. Come to Jesus, get a mansion. Marry Daryl, get a house. If you marry him, he'll buy you a house. I would hope that you married him for a little bit more than the house. I know he didn't marry you for a house. He married you for you. You know, he did a good job. He, they're actually a pretty good, cute little couple. I, let's finish reading this. I'm going to go prepare a place for you in God. I'm going to come again and receive you to myself and where I am that you may also. He's not talking about coming back. He's talking about when he rose from the dead. And where, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and we don't even know how to get where you're going. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to heaven but by me. Help me. No one goes where? No one comes to what? He ain't talking about heaven. He's talking about bringing you back to God. You were designed by God to walk with God. The new birth, everything he did was for one reason only, bring you back to having a walk with God. Now, why is the church in a mess today? Because we've messed up in the preaching of the gospel. Come to Jesus. Go to heaven. That's not the gospel. Now, let me finish reading this because I'm going to say something else. I'm the way to God. I'm the truth about God. I'm the life of God. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father, and from now on you know and have seen him. Philip said, we don't know who the Father is. It's, and, he, and, and he said, it suffices. He said, have I been with you so long you don't know me? Have, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father, Father in me, and the works I do? What's, is he talking about heaven? Is he talking about the Father? What's he talking about? The Father. The Father. Now, because of that, the church in America today 
is not the where it should be. And, and, and the way we're living our life, there's a lot of things that don't work because our concept of Christianity is wrong. Now, let me say it to you this way. There's no such thing as a convert. She is not a convert. She's a wife. You're not a convert. You're a son. A son of God. Jesus came to bring many sons into glory. Now, do we get to go to heaven? Yes. Are there mansions there? Yes. But heaven is heaven because God is there, because Jesus is there. It's not heaven because you have a place to stay out of the rain and the cold in heaven or whatever it is you think. And we'll get excited here in a minute. So Jesus came to bring us back to God. Go with me to Matthew 28. And I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to just love me and, and, and tolerate my excitement, because you're going to have to. We have a whole generation that needs to walk with God. The young generation in this earth right now, I believe God is raising up the younger generation to take this gospel through the earth. But they can't do it without us. We are the wisdom, and they are the strength. They're youthful. They are youthful and zealous. They have everything they need but the wisdom. So God is bringing the old folks and the young folks back together again in order to push them out and get them to do the work. But they don't even know what the gospel is. So they're going to have to, the younger generation is going to have to walk with God. They that walk with God will do exploits. All right, now let's come back and read what Jesus said. Do you think that is important? If you're Spanish, muy importante. Kind of like coffee con leche. Muy importante. And baño, baño, muy importante. I'm like Mark Hankins. I have to enjoy what I do because this is what I do. Verse 16, Matthew 28, 16. The eleven disciples went away into Galilee in the mountain which Jesus appointed them. And they saw him, they worshiped, and they some doubted. And Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Who has the authority now? He's the head of the church. Jesus has all authority. And he's seated at the right hand of God. And now he is the boss. Now look at what he said. Last words are very important because this is what he told the church to do. This is exactly what he said to do. Not worried about what everybody else had to do. We need to worry about what did he say to do. He said, all authority in heaven has been given me. Go therefore and make converts. No. Make a what? A disciple. Go make disciples. In other words, this idea of how many of y'all want to be born again today, and I'm not, I'm not saying it isn't easy. It's easy to get saved. But if you make a baby, uh, you have quite a responsibility now. You don't just make a baby and go, ha, there's one. Where's that kid we had? I don't know. I left it on the back porch last week, honey. I don't know where it is. Jesus never said anything about convert. Now, why, 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 why do we preach this? 
Now, what I'm about to tell you, I want you to hold on to your hats. Back in the 1500s, you had a guy named John Calvin begin to preach the sovereignty of God. God was sovereign. Now, he took it to an extreme. No one can even get born again without God saying so. That's a lie. That takes personal responsibility away. But yet that was preached in early America. Presbyterian church primarily preaches predestination. God chooses. Well, um, Charles Finney, being a lawyer, walked into a church and wanted to get saved. And they told him, well, it's up to God. He got ticked. He's a sinner. He went home and got a Bible out and studied it. As a lawyer, he said, if God chooses who gets saved, he's unjust. He's a liar. He's wicked. That's true, folks. That's wicked. So Charles Finney gave up his lawyer practice and started preaching the gospel. People getting saved all over America. He got them and said, you're the one that's going to make the choice, not God. They quit coming to church and waiting on the Lord to save them. Well, that's good news. You mean I have a choice? I want to go to heaven. Bless God, I want to get saved. And so he started preaching. People started getting saved. But that, but that message went on in, the, in healing. Well, you never know what God is going to do. Well, sometimes he said yes, and sometimes he says no. He, he's God. That's a lie from hell. It's a lie. God's not choosing whether you get healed or not. Jesus healed all that came to him. He healed because of compassion. Now, let me just go ahead and blow your mind. If God can heal you and will not, he's a demon. And then you go to the hospital to get out of the will of God. You're as crazy as the preacher who preached it. That's rebellion. It's God's will everyone be healed. It's his everyone be born again. It's God's will. The word is the will. Now that preaching is in America today. Why is why is that? Now let me tell you if that's true that all we are is a convert. There's no reason for you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was given to you to be a witness. Why do you need to witness God's picking who gets saved? I don't need to get out and witness to nobody. God is running. If God is running everything on the earth, hallelujah. Blessed be his holy name. Glory to God. What a lie. If, if, if you have family that aren't saved and they go to hell, it's your fault. I hate to tell you, it is your fault. You're the one supposed to be reaching them. Oh, we're just waiting on the Lord. You ain't waiting on the Lord. He's waiting on you. I knew, now, stay, stay with me now. Don't, don't go quiet. Quiet is a sign of guilt. Shout amen no matter how. Amen, brother. Glory to God. Amen. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father. Baptize them in the Son. And baptize them in the Holy Ghost. Now look at the rest of this. Teach them to do 
what I said. Thrill me, thrill me. Lay your hands upon my head and heal me, heal me, and please have me out of here by noon. <laughs> Why is the church messed up today? Because if I don't entertain you, you ain't coming back. My job is not to entertain you. You see, when you made Jesus Lord, you bowed a knee. See, when Karen got married, she took him as her husband. It don't matter whether she likes it. She'd have good days or bad day. It don't matter. I expect to see her here and him right there. And if they have trouble this week, I expect them to work it out. And they have. It'll grow you up. I expect you to be here next Sunday. Listen, ain't my job, ain't my job to thrill you? Ain't my job to I had some trouble. Oh, serious. In the world you will have tribulation. Honey, you gonna have trouble. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right here and take a station identification. Israel will bomb Iran probably this year. They have to. It'll start a proxy war. That means Hamas and the rest of them are going to start slinging rockets, and they know it. That's why they're waiting. They're doing everything they can. To, but they've enriched uranium right up to the point where they, they, they either have a bomb now or they're fixing to have one. And they've already said they're going to blow Israel off the map with it. So, we all know Damascus will be a rubble soon. What's going to happen to the economy? It's going to pot. <gasps> well, if Jesus is Lord, don't worry about it. You can't claim Psalm 91 if you ain't in the secret place. I'm trying to get you in a secret place right now. I want to get you in a secret place. Now, see, my job, I, if you're not a disciple, anything I can do with you, I, I, I can't. If, if Jesus is not enough for you, I ain't ever going to be enough for you. And I know that other churches have a horse and pony show, but we ain't got no horse or pony. All I got to offer you is the, is the word, and you have to be you have to be a disciple because of something you did. You you have to make that decision. I can't make that for you. Amen. We're gonna get into something in a minute. Then why then does temptations come? Why why does the devil tempt you to get you off? Of your faith. You said, you said Jesus is Lord? Well, let me offer you something. Is it coming? Yes. Yes. 
I can't make Lisa live right. She can't make me live right. God can't make you do nothing. Can't make you tithe. Can't make you read. Can't make you. You you have to have made that decision. Go into all the world and teach them to do what I said. Always quiet. Somewhere along the line, we came up with the idea that living for God was a pain in the butt. Well, you know, you had your fun. Somehow, I don't even remember any of it. It was so bad. Living for God, living in the world is hell. I was so glad to get out of that mess. Watching over my shoulders for cops all the time, living like the devil. One time the cops came and I saw police in the front yard and police in the backyard and I ran upstairs and flushed dope and then I ran downstairs and flushed dope and I ran upstairs and flushed dope and I ran downstairs and flushed dope and they busted the guy next door. That's a bad day. <laughs> well, y'all are lively. I think I am entertaining y'all a little tiny bit. Let me get ahead of myself. Listen to this. I came, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. For the ones of you that don't love Jesus, your life is hell, dummy. And it doesn't have to be. I'm calling you dummy because I'm being cute. But don't go out and get, don't get offended. I came that you'd have life. Wouldn't anybody in their right mind want life and life abundant? Wouldn't anybody in their right mind want a better life? There's only one place you'll find it, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. There ain't no other place on the planet you can have life and life abundantly. Now, he said the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, so what is the advantage of running around with him? There isn't any. Let's just, let me just stop and think about that for a moment. We've got kids going, well, you know, I'm not going to be in church this weekend. Hey, Goofy, let me read another one to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'm going to make your life hard. I don't think so. I'll give you what? Rest. You you want some rest? I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Well, why don't you get saved? If he's running it, you ain't. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Man, that's the greatest thing in the world to get born again and to sleep at night. 
My God will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And my God, I'm telling you what, I got born again, started paying my bill. He healed my body. He fixed my life. My God, that's awesome. All right, I got another one. James 4, 6. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he'll do what? He'll lift you up. Listen, it don't, take, it don't take long for you to mess it up. Boy, I'm going to tell you, with you without God, oh, help me, Jesus. It isn't that you're just ignorant, you're just ignorant. You don't have enough in your head to run your life. There ain't enough up there. And everything you do know is wrong. And there's amazing grace. God goes, yeah, I'm going to help him out a little bit here. And I think everybody ought to want that. At least I would. Okay. Then we got Matthew 7, 24. Build. He who comes to, who, who listens to my sayings and builds his life on them, it's like building on a rock. When the storms come and the wind blows, it won't fall. But the person who doesn't do what I say when the storms come, it will fall. Now, listen to me. If you're building your life right now on your wisdom without the Word of God, your future is not good. Not if the storm comes, they're coming. We live in a crazy world. You're, they're crazy. They scare me. <laughs> when you don't know whether you're a boy or a girl, you are scary. Take a mirror. Check. The other day I was in a bathroom. I was in a filling station, and the only thing open was the girls' bathroom. And I just, I've gotten to where now I just go in there. Not, not the ones where there's three or four stalls. I don't go in those. Just one toilet, you know what I'm talking about, and a lock. And I love it when I walk out and there's a girl out there. And I go in, and I use the bathroom, and I come out, and I go, I was just confused. And she better not say nothing because I'm going to call the police if she says anything to me. <laughs> I was going to apologize. Right, go to 2 Corinthians 6. I'm glad you all are enjoying this. Pretty rough sermon to be laughing. Come on, Holy Ghost, help me out. Verse 11, O Corinthians, I have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you're restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as children. You also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What does fellowship and righteousness have to do with lawlessness, communion with light, with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial, a part of a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will dwell among them. I'll walk among them. I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. God wants more than anything in the world to walk with you. He wants to walk with you through life. Now look at the, what the rest of this. Therefore, 
come out from among them. We're not supposed to be like that. You're a child of God. He redeemed you by his blood, and he wants you to walk with him. And he says, you come out from among them, be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what's unclean, and I'll receive you, and I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let's cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and perfect holiness in the fear of God. Let's talk about marriage for a moment. Why do Christians... Well, I met Joe. I like Joe, so I'm going to jump in bed with Joe. We're going to have sex. I'm going to decide if I like him, and then I'm going to see if I can get him to go to church with me. <laughs> Happens all the time. You know, you ought to do something with your estrogen and your testosterone. Now, we talked about the girl. Let's talk about the guy. But listen to me. You're not, you're not supposed to be trying each other out in bed and then see if... Why... Why do you want them to be a Christian and be moral when you just use the bedroom to catch them? Now that we've had sex, I want to know if you're going to read the Bible and go to church with me. Because if you want to marry me, Just help me out here a little bit. But if it just happened once, I'd just leave it alone. If it just happened twice, I'd leave it alone. Good God, not, not every other week. Let me help you with this. Find someone born again that you don't have to make them go to church. They already is church. Amen. They love God more than they love you or they ain't never going to love you ever, 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 ever because you ain't that good. And then this one over here finds somebody in church too. And you go, ah, oh, he's in church and she's in church and now you get together. You already got one thing common, Jesus. Now you got to talk about money and sex and raising children. You got, you got a lot to talk about. Then you date. You can refrain. I know it gets hot in the car, but you can refrain. And then you get married, and you already married someone who looked at you and said, God is more important than sex, and I ain't having sex with you until we're married. That's who you want to marry. So now you're married to someone you had sex with and you're worried they're going to have sex with someone else. They are. They don't have any character and they're not going to get right with God because they're married to you. They're probably going to backslide because they're married to you. 
I'm not saying you bad. I'm just saying you ain't God. There ain't no way. Once, once you get home and they find out what you really like. Oh, my God, I married you. You're out of your ever-loving mind. Help me, Jesus. How am I doing, Josh? I'm trying. Folks, you have no idea how bad I've been wanting to preach this. It, I took a lot of prayer to get the guts to come in here and just go. I'm going to talk about living right today by God. All right, let's talk about parenting for a minute. When's the last time you talked to your daughters about the birds and the bees? It's sad when two birds can get together and two bees. I don't think I understand the bees and the bees and the birds and the birds, but I do understand the birds and the bees. And if they're old enough, let me tell you, if they're old enough to, to, to hear it, you talk to They know more than you think they know. There was a boy in church here one time years ago, and I don't want you to think or worry about who it was. His mama didn't want him to know about girls. Well, he came in one day and decided to print off some nude pictures on the church computer and run it through our machine. But God saw fit that one of them would get stuck in the machine. And so Lisa's in there and digging around in the machine, and she pulls out two double Ds. Justin, now he didn't do it. He didn't do it. I don't want to. I don't want you to thank him. Who has been in our office? Justin said so and so. Lisa picks up the phone and goes, "I need to talk to your son." And she's like, "My little angel." Yeah, baby, your little angel. And checking out the ladies and dad. Listen, dads, talk. Talk to them about the day's testosterone flows. He's not a sinner. He's a boy. He's going to become a man. Oh, come on. And your girls need to know how a man is supposed to treat them. Now, I'm going to give you a, a, a saying here. Don't, don't throw anything at me. If you love me, let me. No, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Say, I will let you. Ring on the finger. Give me your name. Give me your checkbook. Give me your credit card. And give me a vow that you'll never leave me. And you'll always be faithful. Honey, you can take me to bed anytime you want to. Listen, listen to me. They are talking to your kids about sex. Let me. Teach them right from wrong. Teach your children. Teach them about control. Teach them about right versus wrong. Teach them that walking with God is better than going to the bars. Teach them the Bible. If they're not in here, you did not do your job. Now, all of us have had, we can all look back and go, I could have done better than that one. All of us are, but don't get no condemnation. That's when you hit your knees and go, I'm going to need a little bit of help from heaven right now. 
Now, Barbara and I and the ladies in prayer, we were talking about having a move of God. And you ain't having no move of God until you decide that you're going to walk with God. You ain't waiting on God to fall on your head. He's waiting on you to fall on your knees. Now, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible about living right. And I'm thinking about preaching some of them. I'd like to see some of y'all back here next Sunday. If you ain't too busy. Woo, Jesus is Lord. All right. <laughs> Go to James 1. Woo, glory to God. <laughs> you know, there is something to be said for healthy fear of God. I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to anyway. I'm just going to tell a story. We're going to talk about temptation. Blessed is a man who endures temptation. I've been tempted. I've been tested. I have been thoroughly tempted. If you're born again, I'm going to tell you a secret. The devil is going to test your confession. You said, you said that Jesus is Lord. He's going to come find out. So one day, I'm going through my job as a maintenance man. Marriage is not good. Sex ain't very good either. And I'm young. And I walk in an apartment, there's a pretty girl in there, and she said, I just want to let you know my husband will not be home till midnight. And I'm going, what do I care? Until I see her in her panties and her bra, and the bra's coming off. And I went, Shondi. All you men don't get excited. You women don't get no ideas. Everything in my body screamed. Lair. Marriage is messed up. You have a right to this. And God will forgive you. Now, not only is the devil agreeing with me, but my body's agreeing with me. My mind is agreeing. Everything's in agreement. And I ran. And on the way out, I wept. My father would not approve. My father would not be happy with me. And the scripture where Joseph left Potiphar's wife and said, This would not please God. That's temptation. I didn't go, in the name. I didn't. I ran out, Shondi. I prayed in tongues for one hour to get my body to realize it wasn't my wife. Oh, shit, don't, don't look at me in that tone of voice. But the Bible says, I hid his word in my heart. Thank God for the word of God. 
You said, would he have forgiven me? Yeah. But I'd have never met her. I would have forfeited my future. There was a time when I was in Tulsa. There was a girl in the apartment complex got raped. She said, I did it. She said he had a mask on, but it was the maintenance man. It just so happened that every day the Lord said to me, I need you to go pray. Let me tell you something. You need to obey God. This is not, I'm not telling you that you need to be religious. I'm telling you, you need to know you have an enemy. Your adversary, the devil, is walking around to destroy your life. And because I went and prayed every day in the Holy Ghost, I got invited to lunch with three people I worked with, and they kept me from 10.30 to 3 o'clock. Made me mad. I lost a whole day's work. Because of them, that's when she got raped. And I was with the Chamber of Commerce's wife that vouched he was in the restaurant with us. Now, I would, you see, a lot of, a lot of you people are walking around here going, I'm saved. I'm saved. Let me tell you something, goofball. I could be sitting in prison right now going, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I don't walk with God, but I'm saved. I'm preaching better than you, amen, and bye. I'm going to tell you right now. I came that you'd have life and life abundantly. Walking with God is not a burden. It's a blessing. Amen. Glory be to God. Praying in the Holy Ghost is a blessing. Reading the Bible is a blessing. Going to church is a blessing. He'll keep you in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, had I not obeyed him, I, I mean, then sure, I'd be saved. I'd be saved. I'd be saved. What good would that do? I haven't even read my scripture yet. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, and it's coming. Okay? For when he has been approved to receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those that love him. If you don't, if you don't, the only reason you obey God is you love him, and the reason that you don't is that you do not. Mark it up now, and let's stop making excuses. I'm going to make a statement right now, and I want you to never forget it. You have never sinned for anyone but yourself. You do not have a bad attitude because of what happened to you when you were 12. Is that right, Josh? You know, I listened to Josh preach yesterday. His, his father... Didn't have a dad. Then his stepfather wasn't all that. His mother wasn't all that. And he decided he's going to live for God. Who decided that? He did. And then he marries Karen. And that ain't the greatest in the world. Because anytime you get two people from two different backgrounds, there's difficulty. But he decided, I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to be a good father. I hadn't heard her testimony yet. We'll wait to hear hers. But Josh Brown's talking about we, we, had, we had some issues and, and with having babies and all that. But they, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It was his resolve. That's Christianity. I didn't have a dad. I did not have a father. But you know what? I'm not going to. That's not going to. That has nothing to do with, with how I live. 
more than what my dad did and didn't do, and it affect me. I'm a man. Make up my own mind what I do. My mother did the best she could, but dear God, you're a woman raising four kids by herself. I mean, that's not easy to do. I mean, it wasn't like she was there teaching me the Bible. I mean, that taught me nothing. Day I got born again, I picked up a Bible and I went, I'm all in. I ain't never going back to that mess again. I am all in. And don't tell me I ain't had trouble. I've had trouble. You don't know what I'm going through. Shut up. Been to hell and back. Devil's thrown everything at me but the kitchen sink. I don't know what, one time she threw that at me one time too. And the refrigerator. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. When he has been reproved, he'll receive the crown of life that the Lord promised those who love. Let no man say when I was tempted, I was tempted by God. God cannot tempt you with evil, neither does he tempt anyone. Everyone is tempted when you are drawn by your own desires. It is not your mother. It's not your father. Now here, if you're married, let me help you with this. It ain't your wife. Well, you don't know what she's like. It don't matter. You can make a right choice married to someone that ain't doing right. You're not going to stand before God. Little Adam did that. You know the woman you got me? (laughs) Yeah, baby, you know what happened. You ain't standing before God the judgment seat and bringing your wife into it. She's going to be in there with him all by herself. And she she ain't bringing you and she's going to be there all by herself. And she's going to stand before God for what she did and didn't do. I'm not her problem. Her attitude is her attitude. My attitude is my attitude. And the faster we get a hold of that, the better. Ain't nobody making me sin but me. Ain't nobody make you lazy. You lazy on your own. I don't have time reading my Bible. That's a lie. I ain't got time to pray. That's a lie. Those are choices you're making. I'm glad you all saying amen. This is a brutal sermon. If you're a visitor here, you're going to walk out and go, well, I haven't heard a hellfire and damnation preaching in a long time. <laughs> we'll come back next week. When desire conceives, it gives birth to sin, and sin full grown brings death. I mean, do you want to go to hell? Let me make a statement to you. The same people that said tongues is not for today, that healing is not for today, said that, 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 that salvation is eternal security. That's not true either. God didn't take your will away because you got born again. It's quiet in here. What do you th- why do you think the devil attacks you? Why do you think he brings them cute young things and them handsome dudes and that illegal money? You know, I don't steal from this church, and I ain't scared of you. You wouldn't know if I stole or not.
He scares me. He better scare me. Ain't nobody keeping me moral but me. Jude 1. <laughs> Glory. We started off by talking about convenient theology. What a convenient theology. That all you got to do is pray a prayer and go to heaven and you have no responsibility. It's not true. Josh, it's not true, is it? No, it's not. Jesus paid your debt and he gave you a new heart that's clean. But he didn't give you righteousness so you could become lawless. He gave you righteousness so you could walk in righteousness and be free from the devil. In the sovereignty message, there's no resisting to the devil. You will never walk into a church where the message of sovereignty is preached and hear a sermon on resist the devil. Because everything that happens to you, good and bad, is gone. You'll never hear them get them and say, if you'll bind the devil in the name of Jesus. And they'll talk about you. Well, that church, they talk about binding. Binding the devil. That's because he's not the head of this church. See, he don't want you talking about him if he's started your church. He didn't start this one. So we talk about him. And he don't like me. You know how I know? Because there's people that don't like me. I think men of God need to be men. Just be a man. <laughs> I'm going to do exactly this. Just, just weep over there. Just weep. I'm going to show you something about the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write you concerning the common salvation, I found it necessary to write you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith that was delivered to you. Certain men have crept in unnoticed long ago, marked out for this damnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord. They're turning the grace of God into a license to live any way you want to live. That's a lie. Why would you want a Christianity that won't change you? You know, people all the time saying, y'all are hypocrites because they're not seeing. They know what you're supposed to act like. If you're not on fire, you can't light your kids. If your wood is wet, your kids are wet. You say, well, I want my family to change. You might want to get on fire. Just a thought. 
Verse 5, I want to remind you, though you once knew this, the Lord, having saved people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who didn't believe. And the angels who didn't keep their proper domain, he left and abode and reserved until everlasting chains until the judgment day as Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, that's another subject. Why well, you just don't love us. Oh, we love you. Now, now, now get right with God. Now, you know, if you'd mention that in my sermon, it'll kick me off of, is it Facebook? <laughs> kick away, baby, just kick away. I'm just scared of no Facebook. <laughs> Sorry, Robert, I'm just having a morning. <laughs> Who've gone after strange flesh and set an example of eternal fire. If you're gay, you're going to hell. If you're in adultery, you're going to hell. If you're a fornicator, you're going to hell. You say, well, is there a doubt? Yeah, get saved. Well, I am saved. <laughs> well, it's about time you notified your body. It's about time you took a knee and said, this time I think I'm coming home. Are y'all out there? Now, let's finish this. Now, he goes on talking about verse 12. There's spots in your love feast. That means that these people go to church. They serve only themselves. They're clouds without water, autumn winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead. That means they used to be saved, and they're no longer. Jesus said, not everybody said, Lord, Lord, enter the kingdom. Okay. Verse 20, you, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, wait a minute. How do you keep the devil out? Why don't you get so full of God there's no place for the devil in you? Remember that scripture over there? It says that when a man gets the devil cast out of him and the devil walks through dry places and comes back, he finds the house empty. When he comes back, he don't need to be finding it empty. Now, what do you do about that? Well, he gave us the answer. You, beloved, that would be you, build yourself up on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Keep, not God, he ain't doing it. You're doing it. You keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus unto eternal life. Let's go read the rest of it. Let's read the rest of it. Quicker. And on some have compassion. That means there's people that you need to be nice to. You know what? You know what? It's okay. It's okay. We understand. We understand. We love you. We love you. We're going to help you. Well, let's look at the next one. And others say with what? Fear. You know what that means? You're going to hell. Clean it up. I'm just using an example. You know, there's times to look at a person and go, that's a one-way ticket to hell, buddy. And they're like, we don't want to hear it. Well, you better hear it. Why do you think they persecuted Jesus? Compromise is not love. Now, I didn't say have a bad attitude. I mean, you can preach this and be happy. Let's go back to that scripture, build yourself up. Why do you think God wants you to be full of God? <laughs> I don't know another way to live on the planet. Man, you, you get full of God. You can, I mean, you, you, you know, you can, you can go anywhere and do anything. I mean, 
I've, you know, the girl I told you about a while ago, that didn't happen just once. It happened a lot. When you're young, with hair, and you're good looking, happens more. And you get older, and you lose your hair, and you get pudgy. It don't happen near as much. <laughs> Some of you men are going, I need to get old. No, just control yourself. Why do you think the Bible talks about be being filled with the Holy Ghost? We're not having a church service just so I can entertain you for, with, a, with a cute sermonette. You get in this church and you, and you get full of God. That, word, that, that world's crazy. They're crazy. Get in here and go, I worship you, almighty God. You sit here and listen to the Word of God and let it clean you. You're sitting here going, amen, and then you go, ooh, ow, ow, ooh, ow. Yes, amen, ooh, <laughs> And then you leave and go, Shonda, I need to get right with God. <laughs> Keep your, build yourself up in your most holy faith. I don't know how anybody else does it. I don't know. I wake up in the morning, and when I come out of the bed, I already know I'm entering into a war zone. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion looking for someone, he ain't coming to my house. Build yourself up. Own your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God. Love of God is shed abroad in your heart by God the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something right now. You pray in tongues an hour a day, you will quit having half the problems you're having right now. You get so drunk in the spirit, you really don't give a rip about no temptation. Some girl come up and go, what do you think about it? <laughs> you going, you, do you know Jesus, baby? Do you know Jesus? She goes, never mind, I don't want you anywhere. <laughs> if people aren't calling you crazy, you ain't full enough. You go to that church down there where they pray in tongues? Yes, I do. And I pray in tongues all day, every day. And then I read my Bible. Well, anyway, I think I'm done. You were made to walk with God. That's, that's why you're here. God designed you to walk with him. You're not a convert on your way to heaven. He saved you to walk with him. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are. And in the days we're living in, it would behoove you to walk with God. It would behoove you to get full of God. I was talking earlier service. I said, we took the altars out of churches. I wish we'd put them back. Although I'm not going to because they don't have enough room to put an altar up there. Let me tell you something. There's nothing in the world wrong with you getting up on a Sunday morning and coming up here and go, let me get some things right with God. Let me get some things right with God. I get things right with God pretty much every day. It's a whole lot better to correct them when they're only that far out. 
that's the reason why we'll pack it up and go out to Mark's. I got to go get drunk. Get drunk in God. Just go get drunk. I don't know where you are in your walk with God, but this is my prayer. Everybody in this room, I command you to go to heaven. There's never a temptation ever came that was worth breaking my fellowship with God. Ain't a woman out there worth it. There ain't any money out there worth it. My greatest thing in life is my walk with God. And my wife and my family. So is yours. I cannot make that for you. I can't. I wish I could. I'd make it. God can't make it for you. You have to want his will. You have to want it. Nothing greater than you stop and go, God, I love you. I'm yours. I want to walk with you. Now he'll wash you in the blood so you can. But that's an invitation to come home. That's Christianity. Bow your head, I want to pray for you. Father, not only the ones that are here, but even ones watching by internet, I, I pray over this group right now, especially the young people in this room. We're living in a time very unlike any time I've ever lived in, where bad is good and good is bad. They're in a generation where sex is free and the internet's full and, and, and women are loose and men are crazy. We live in a crazy world. I'm speaking to them now, Father, and I'm asking this church, and the, especially the young people, make a decision today. Just like Billy Graham used to say, make a decision. Make a decision now. Because the temptations and the test, they come to everyone. If you're in here and you have not been doing well, I'm asking you to make a decision now. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he said, we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. If we've sinned, we have an advocate. He'll go to God in your behalf and clean you up. And the blood will wash your sins away. If you're in here right now and that's you, I'm just going to ask you to come up here in a minute and lift the people up here and pray for you. That's not a sign you're immoral, so don't think so. But I believe that it's time right now for the, for the whole body of Christ at, at the season we're in. We're, we are in, we're rapture generation. We are, we are the generation that will be caught off the planet. We are the people that, that he will catch. As we walk with God, he will catch his church off this planet. Father, if there's anybody here today not saved, they're not born again. Speak to their heart right now and get them that they need Jesus as the Lord of their life. The only reason people don't make Jesus Lord is they love sin more than they love God. That's the only reason. They ain't got any other excuse. That's not true. Father, I pray over every person the sound of my voice, every parent, every father, every grandparent that's got wayward grandchildren. 
we begin to pray them back. Pray them back into the fold. Pray them, pray them back to God. And I give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I got one more request for you, especially if you're a senior. Let preachers preach truth. Your kids need it. The generation that we're in right now, way different than when I was a kid. When, when I was a kid, if you didn't have socks on in school, they sent you home. And then the, preacher, the, the principal whipped you with a paddle and your mom whipped you. And well, well, we don't live in that one anymore. I didn't even lock my doors when I was growing up. Nobody ever even came in the house. You were safe. I used to take my gun to, to school on the bus. Show and tell. With ammo in my pocket. We don't live there anymore. This generation, very different. They need to know God. They must have an encounter with God. My preaching is not going to do it. They're going to have to... They're going to have to meet him, and they're going to have to get to know him. I can't do that. As long as they think they're okay, they're not going to, they're not going to do it. Does that make sense to you? That makes what I'm doing here not, not, not easy. It's not easy to do this. It's not a comfortable sermon for me to preach or you to hear. But it's true. We will see a move of God in this church. And we will see our teenagers on fire for God. I will see my kids and my grandkids. They will all live for God. We'll pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Are we in agreement? Are we in agreement? Okay. We have to create an atmosphere for that. That does not happen in an atmosphere with lukewarm people. You say, well, I want my kids on fire. Well, you might want to get on fire. Because your wetness is screwing up your home. I'm saved. Don't get me going. Let's see how saved you can get. Y'all have a great day. God bless you. I'm going to go home. Read my Bible, do some more praying, get ready for Wednesday night. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.